Welcome to Build with Rob. I am Rob Deerdeck, founder and CEO of the Deerdeck Machine, a one-of-a-kind venture creation studio where we systematically fuse art, science, and magic to manufacture amazing companies. I never get sick of saying it. I don't, you know, if you listen to this show, you hear that cadence just flow in every single time. I, 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 I never get sick of saying systematically fusing art, science, and magic to manufacture amazing companies. I just, I just love it. Just love every aspect of it. I love every aspect of building a company. I love my do or die partners that I build companies with. I love our process. That is the machine method. Uh, because it has systematized the process of creating businesses, which makes it more likely that we're going to succeed. Because as I've said many times, business is only fun when it works. And when it works, it's amazing, fulfilling, euphoric, incredible. Like, wow, can you believe that we just created this thing from a thought in a mind to a product that people love that now is scaling and selling all over the world. Incredible, incredible process. In the Build with Rob show, the Build with Rob show is a show where we showcase all aspects of how we create companies, both profiling our do or die founders at various stages of the machine method, as well as talking to aspiring doer dyers and giving them advice on on both business and life. You know, for me, I love talking to anyone about business. I love talking to anyone about, about life optimization. It's my two favorite subjects in the world. I never get sick of, of talking about it. I continually grow and evolve in both of them every single day as I am attempting to master both. And along that way of attempting to master both, you begin to see so many different things that that connect between the two. And one of those to me is is that I've really been on lately is proactively learning rather than reactively learning. And to me, it's it happened so much in business. And I had to I had to to really figure out what did that really mean? Because because most of the times, you know, whenever you do anything like you have your set of knowledge and your understanding of something. And then when you get hit with something that you didn't expect, then you learn it. Then you figure it out because you have to because you've now been put in that position. That is reactive learning. And to me founders of businesses that don't learn the operational side, don't learn product development, don't learn marketing and, and, and these different aspects of the financial side, when they hire somebody and then a huge mistake gets happens and affects their business, then, then they learn it. Then they really now uh, begin to understand it because the pain of that lesson is something that they just don't ever want to go through again. Thus, they develop even further experience and an understanding of their business more holistically. And it works for a lot of people. It really works for people that get lucky and hire the right people in the right positions that they never actually have to learn a business holistically or multidimensionally because of the fact that they trust and hire somebody smarter than them, as they say in the business world and, and empower them, you know? And, and I think that that is a great way to avoid reactive 
learning, right? Because you're never forced to get into the reactive state, which usually comes from some sort of pain moment or something significant that you are forced to learn it. But it's never going to give you the depth that you need to be strategic in every aspect of your business. And and I harp on this a lot. And, and, And I'm hoping that this is sort of a different angle on how important it is as as a founder and a CEO to to build knowledge in every aspect of your business and to me proactively learn about all aspects of your business because you know the more that you understand it the more depth the more time you put into understanding the financials understanding marketing plans understanding the social strategy understanding all aspects of the cost structure and the efficiencies of your operations, your 3PL, like whatever it may be, like, you know, selling on Amazon, like dealing with sales reps and dealing with retail and trade costs and all these things, the more that you can continue to learn without needing to learn it um, or being blindsided by it and discovering it, you're going to reap the benefits of having clear strategy because you're at the end of the day, you're the captain of the ship. You're in charge of the nuanced decision-making that is going to make or break this entire business that you have launched. And, and you want to get to a place where every person that you've hired, whether it be an outsourced resource internal employee, you want to be able to have a deep strategic decision of understanding every single thing in your business so that you can have a smart strategic conversation when it comes to planning, problem solving, and optimizing and involving your business. Um, Seems pretty simple. And and really, I think the great founders and great CEOs do it naturally um, because it's it's hard to even have a blind spot in a business when you're when you're in it so deep. You want to be in every single aspect of it, but you know what the things are that you need to learn to be a better founder, better operator, better CEO. Like all these things, you know, and rather than waiting till. Uh, the repetition of hearing the same thing over and over for so long to where and you don't understand it and skip through it in a meeting, then you finally like understand what it is and then lock in on it. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. You know, I, I, I think you understand where your knowledge is thin and putting in the time and energy to, to proactively learn in those spaces is, is really going to be you know, extremely beneficial to you and your company and your, you know, the well-being of your overall strategy. So just some thoughts on what it takes to continually evolve and be uh, an amazing founder and build an amazing company. And today we have a bunch of aspiring doer dyers um, with some really interesting ideas that that I just love connecting with and, and chopping it up and and some some great interesting ideas on and questions on on you know a, about life and, and and certain aspects of that which we know I love to talk about. So uh, without further ado, let's get to it. My name is Jacob McLaughlin. I'm a 20 year old entrepreneur from Northeast Pennsylvania, and today I'm bringing you Zolu. But before I get to that, let me paint the picture for you. 
first and foremost, I have crystal clear goals. My first goal is to gain as much knowledge as possible and build an empire with the most badass man on the planet and his crew of equally incredible individuals. Zoru is soon going to take the market by storm and realtors won't be able to not subscribe. On the front end, we will have a typical home search website. From the back end, we will have subscribing realtors who pay a monthly fee that could actively bid on referrals. Let me break this down. John, a subscribing realtor who pays $20 per month to subscribe, gets a notification that there is an active referral in his area. He then clicks the notification and finds out that his 6% commission can be upwards of $550,000 on a $9 million sale. He then has the opportunity to bid on the referral. He will have 2 minutes, 120 seconds, to bid, similar to how you bid on eBay. At the end of the 2 minutes, whoever has the highest bid wins the referral, and we, at Zolu, connect the seller with their new realtor. This is the magic of Zolu. There is a void in the $9.6 trillion industry that needs a team like us to save it. The real estate market needs improvement, and I was born to do this. I'll leave you with this. Hotels don't like Airbnb. Bookstores don't like Amazon. Cinemas do not like Netflix. And the current leaders will not like Zolu. We have an incredible opportunity, and I can't wait to make my dreams a reality with you. Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to share more with you. Jacob McLaughlin, welcome to Build with Rob. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thank you so much. This is, like I just said, it is insane right now. Look at us, man. We're, we're from from clear across the country uh, to, to, to doing a show together, man. Who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? You pitched us on the website. Next thing you know, we're, we're digitally face-to-face. Like I said, man, it's crazy. I, I can't believe it. All right, well, tell me, give me the overview of the idea so people listening can can kind of understand exactly what you pitched us and your vision for your business. Yeah, definitely. So like I said in my pitch, obviously the people don't know, but I went to Moravian College for a semester and um, I was in marketing and I realized that, you know, with marketing, I could make a lot of money for somebody else or I could just <laughs> go out and do it on my own. So I got my real estate license and um, after... I don't know, maybe a month or two in the business, I realized that when you're starting, it's a lot harder than all the YouTube videos say. It's not just uh, you know, a walk in the park. And then I was actually going to subscribe to a really big company. And I realized that I just didn't have the money to pay. Well, the zip code I wanted was $1,500 a month. And um, I needed a better way to get leads. And what, what I came up with doesn't exist. So obviously, it's very unique. But basically, what Zolu will do is realtors will pay $20 a month to subscribe. And um, then once a referral comes through, it'll be you know set up like a notification on an app. And once a referral comes, fr- comes through, you'll, uh, you'll have about two minutes to bid on it. And just like um, you know eBay, I don't know if I could say that right now, but just like eBay, um, whoever has the highest bid after the allotted time, they win the lead. And right away, um, us at Zolu connect the new realtor with their new client. And I mean, it works out great for everybody with realtors. If you have a high budget, you could get really high end listings or high end buyers. And if you have a low budget, I mean, you'll still be able to get as many people as you could, as, as you could want, I guess, because there'll be people that, you know, the referral will only go up to $20 or some people like, uh, I personally right now have a $5 million listing in where I live at. And I could only imagine what I would have had to, had to bid to get that because the commission um, I don't know. It, it's just a high commission. So I can only imagine what I would have had to pay for that. And then on the buyer or seller side, who the re- the realtors will be receiving, 
um, they're going to get the best the best choice because that person already put money into it. They put time into it. So I, I really just see it as a win-win for everybody. Yeah, look, I, I find it uh, really interesting. I, I have a lot of respect for a young man that uh, leaves school and then uh, dives into a profession, yeah. realizes how difficult it is, and then uh, seeks to make it easier by creating a technology uh, that could help people like him evolve and see an opportunity inside a new opportunity. So, so I love what you've done now. I, you know, my sister's a realtor. Obviously I've owned a a significant amount of real estate in my day. And uh, one of my really good friends is also a realtor. And, and to me, I, I'm both my good friend and my sister. I watched them go from getting their real estate license and starting at zero. So I, yeah. I also kind of have insight to how they view Zillow, right? And Zillow, how hard it is to get leads from Zillow and how expensive and all. And again, that's because there are so many people, so many new agents, right? Yeah. And the real estate market is uh, booming uh, with rates being so significantly low. And, you know, it's this idea of getting leads from anywhere is extraordinarily difficult, right? And so for the most part, you have to slowly build a reputation and then it's word of mouth and referrals as it relates to the people you did a great job with. Okay, you should use this broker. I love this broker. He got my house sold in no time and does, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, So I understand that gap of like, how do you get a referral in the first place? So so I understand the need for accelerated referrals, but then I, I start thinking about, you know, what happens if you bid, let's just say, let's just say you bid $10,000 for a million dollar house, right? Like the $10,000, does that go to the seller? So now the seller got $10,000 for you now to just have a shot at selling their house. Like who gets that $10,000 when the bid is made? So that money will come to Zolu and that'll be for all the in-between work. I mean, we're not just going to give out like a few companies I've dealt with. They give out leads and, um, you know, it's somebody who's maybe not pre-approved yet. Maybe a seller that was just, uh, I don't know, on Zillow and wanted to see how much their house was worth. So now realtors are getting notifications, and, you know, getting super excited that there's a million dollar lead. And, you know, they, they go through with everything and then they get to the back end of it and they realize this person was just, you know, going through the internet, seeing they liked the house. So they clicked the little heart button. And next thing you know, uh, they're getting phone calls from realtors. There's The realtor puts a lot of work in too before they actually make the phone call. So you're pulling up CMAs, finding out what it's worth, finding out how much they owe. And like, there's just so many things that go into it. And um, like I said, that money will come to Zolu because we will have everything, like we'll have our buyers pre-approved already. Um, I'm not, I haven't had that exactly figured out yet, but I'm hoping we could partner with, you know, a big uh, mortgage broker. Um, maybe, well, I don't want to give out all yeah. the companies, but, um, um, you know, maybe a big mortgage broker. And if somebody's interested in selling, we're not just going to have a random person that goes through our website and yeah, I might want to sell. We're going to have calls with them. We're going to like make sure they're ready. We're going to make sure we find out exactly how much their house is worth. So we can put that. Um, we're going to pull comparables. So when notification comes through, let's say um, a person thinks their house is a $2 million house, but we do our research and it's only 1.3. We're not going to advertise it as two because then the realtor is going to miss out because they bid more and they're not going to make as much money. Yeah. I mean, look, I want to, I, I want to caution you in how you go about this, right? 
you have a lot of blind spots, uh, both from business and from realtor experience, right? So I would, if I, I would make sure to, before trying to build and launch, I would just keep asking, like going with realtors, sharing it, evolving it, getting feedback. Because to me, when, when, in the fundamentals of it, of business, there's sort of a value exchange, right? And there's no value exchange when, for a seller, when you take all the money, right? There's no, okay. the, the seller gets nothing out of like, normally a seller would just go to their, who they trusted the most and that person that they trusted referred them to an agent, right? Like okay. that's a, a broker, right? That's how it's, because it's a, it's a trust thing. So them just going on your platform and then somebody bidding and then they get their business for, and they, they get nothing out of it. You're not going to get very many people on there. Now, if okay. you gave most of the money to them and you took a piece of the money, now you're mm. actually serving both sides, right? So now you're yeah. providing qualified leads to brokers. Then brokers now are taking the risk, right? So a broker's okay. like, I'll invest 10000 with an opportunity to make 50000 Right. Yeah. And so, and the beauty of the, to the, where you're actually disrupting it, if you do it that way, is that, that now instead of some random broker, like that you got a referral from, if somebody looks at your comp, right? Someone looks at your house and you want to sell it for 1.3 and they know that they're going to make, you know, 70 grand off of it. Yeah. Right. And then they look at the neighborhood, they know the market, they know how fast neighborhoods are selling in there. They're like, wow, like this is, this is a great house and a great neighborhood. I'm going to bid 20,000. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, it's, it, it puts it in the, in the court of where like the really like experienced brokers are going to bid higher because they're going to know it's an easier transaction and know it better. And then what happens now, you as a seller, somebody just got, got, just paid you to sell your house. It's the first time. Then you flipped it on its head, yeah. right? You've completely okay. flipped it on its head where, and that is where you're giving value to the people that hold the key. And that is pe the people that are actually selling the property, right? That's the lead you're looking for the most, right? Like a buyer bidding on a buyer is, would be much more difficult. You know what I mean? But yes. I, I don't know. I just, I think if you just look at that, cause you got to keep thinking to yourself, why would, you know, cause your inventory will be as good as the people that are selling. Right. Yes. Because like you only have product to sell when someone says, OK, I'm going to sell my house with these guys because I know I'm going to get a little money up front and I get to choose the broker uh, type of thing. You know what I mean? So I would also make it like that, where it's like you could make a bid for one hour and then they can go through and decide what bid they want to take. Maybe they like a more experienced realtor that like is willing to pay them 5,000 instead of the less experienced one that was going to pay them 2,000. Now this yeah. business that you're creating doesn't solve an issue for you. Doesn't solve an issue for my sister or my good friend, Mark, when they jumped into the game, because they don't have the money to pay to bid to advance that money, if you will, you know? So it's not for necessarily the problem you're solving, but I think there's something in there that like changes the game because right now what's the silliest thing is I live in a neighborhood 
where the prices of these houses are kind of set based off of the neighborhood, right? It just kind of, it's a really clean one to kind of manage, right? And somebody makes an insane, you know, 500 grand when I sell my house, you know what I mean? And even the last, you know, I have two houses in my neighborhood and, and I went and did a deal with my neighbor to buy the house. I went and did the deal. I didn't even like do a deal. I had no broker or nothing. And both the brokers, my broker and the broker that represented him, each of them made hundreds of thousands of dollars when I just went to him one-on-one, right? Because it is a, 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 it is necessary. I don't think brokers, and there's a lot of debate about this in real estate is will, will, will technology eliminate the broker? I don't think it'll ever happen because it's like, there's so much that goes into like, you know, so much stuff that needs to be facilitated as it relates to not marketing and selling it, but actually going through with the transaction as it's related to, you know, going through inspections and needing to make a, like add stuff to the, to, to the, to the price because you need, uh, you, you want credit for all these different things. Like you're never going to be able to automate that. That's why the broker will be essential. But I think your idea is really for the high end brokers and bigger houses, bigger price tags, so that instead of me, when when my house comes up and it's going to be a five hundred thousand commission, and I I would throw it on your platform. So if somebody says, "Hey, we'll give you two hundred thousand just for the yeah. right to make," because we know you're going to make, we're going to make five hundred off of it. What's up? I get two hundred yeah. in the bank right now before it even starts. So I, I as a seller now. I may, I'm like, cool, this guy wants to pay too. I know the house is going to sell itself. Like here's an opportunity for, for me to get some cash like in hand, even if the house sits on the market for six months. So I, I, if I think if you focus on that, like, as opposed to trying to solve the need for democratizing leads, but really like giving a way for the seller who basically has you market their house for six months and it never sells, then oh well, they got to go get another broker, sign another deal, and put the house back on the market. No harm. It didn't cost the broker anything. He did it all for free, right? It's just his time and energy. And But if it does sell, he gets a 60 Gs. You know what I mean? So anyway, I, that's just something I, I would consider if I was you on sort of the position of this because, man, that that makes sense to me. And the big, the big luxury market, and that makes sense to somebody selling a five hundred thousand uh, dollar house because, like, you'd rather get paid for your listing. And the beauty of it is, is, is for you, you don't need that whole like five thousand. If you take, you know, a fifteen percent, twenty percent commission, whatever your commission is, they get the majority of it. You're just sitting in the middle, making money off of connecting brokers that are willing to pay for a listing. Yes. And that's that's special in my mind, right? So I, I would consider like double down on on sort of that direction. And as a branding guy, I would change the name. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like it's you already got a leader in the space called Zillow. Yeah. Why are you going Zillow? You know what I mean? <laughs> Zolu. Like it's just like Zolu is a Zillow. Like like I would just like make something fun and exciting. You know, look to me. Zillow is one of those tech sounding like, you know, it's, it was just an easily understandable name versus realtor.com. You know, I use them yeah. both. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, look, e even for me, 
This is how I bought my la- my my house before I I bought my last house. I just looked at Zillow every single day because Zillow updated just as fast as the MLS. And then the yeah. moment I saw, I knew the market so well from just looking at all the houses in the neighborhood. When that house popped up and it was, you know, 6,700 square feet and it was under a thousand a square foot. When I could get this thing for six million, when it was down in the seven, I was like, what? I knew it was underpriced. I went, I called my realtor and said, make an offer on this house and gave him the address and gave him the offer. He didn't even have to do a single thing. And that's because that information's been democratized because before Zillow, the reason Zillow is a $2.5 billion company is because before Zillow, when I bought my houses back in 04, I ha- I was at the mercy of a broker giving me MLS listings, right? And and it was like how how on top of it they were would be how on top of whether or not I would find the 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 right product at the right price and be able to jump on it. You know what I mean? So to me, like even though the list like the bad taste in the mouth mouth from brokers from Zillow as a lead source is there, but not the consumer. We all love Zillow, right? So it's like, it's just overpopulated by realtors and there just isn't value in spending money and getting leads anymore. It's just like Facebook ads for consumer products. But anyway, you make it to where the sellers get paid for their listing, you're going to win. You're going to win. So change that name to something that's like connects more with that, that isn't like Zillow. And and make that be your value proposition. I, I I think you can really get that designed, get a beta version. You could probably go get a partnership from one of the big houses that would be willing to develop it with you yeah. uh, because of its potential. You know what I mean? Uh, but I just wanted to share that with you as that was sort of my 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 sort of thoughts as when I looked at the value proposition, the product and me personally as as someone that you know, that, that loves real estate. Now that I bought a piece of land in my neighborhood that has never been on the market and that wouldn't have been possible without the broker, right? It's never been listed before. And I had to, you know, pay an insane amount of money to buy it because it's just exchanged a bunch of rich people's hands till somebody uh, is going to buy it, but I call it forever estates where I'm building a house there and I will live there for the rest of my life. So hopefully when I get that done, I never look at Zillow ever again. You know what I mean? So, uh, I understand you got some questions for me, man. Hit me. Yeah. Well, I guess first I want to say thank you for that. That input was awesome. And I was just thinking that whole time, um, even that money that the sellers get, if they have repairs or they don't have the money, say for a photographer or to get it staged, that would help, that would help them a lot because they would, I mean, let's say it's 200 grand they get. That's that's a lot of money to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're talking about the big dogs up here. Uh, but, you know, even even somebody getting five grand and now they can stage or they can like get it painted and clean up. You know, there's all different there are all different benefits to that additional money that I didn't even think of. But what you saw right there is what happens when an idea gets clear. You know, when you begin to see the benefit, then you see all these ancillary benefits. Now you begin to, you could begin to envision how you would say that to a potential seller, right? And why wouldn't they put it on their platform if your platform is meant for them to to get some additional money so they're not just giving away their listing? That's your tagline. Never give away your listing ever again. 
Make the best brokers pay you to sell your house. Write that down. Write that down. Now, that's awesome. Look at that. Zane. <laughs> Zane. Go ahead. What you got for me? Okay. So my first question is, is a business question. And um, it is in business, what separates good founders from great founders? You know, I, I think when you think of great founders, you underestimate that they are like perpetually growing and optimizing. It is great founders never look at a business of like, oh, the business is working and we made it. They are just constantly looking at how to make it better and better and better and learn and learn and learn, know the customer better and better and better. The best founders are just obsessed with getting better and better and better. Because I don't, I don't care how much knowledge you gain, how well your business is being ran, there is always something new to learn in some way to make it better, grow it, evolve it, uh, better culture, better hiring, uh, you know, everything. You know, and I think for me, it's like, you know, it, I'm fascinated. It's similar to how it's similar to how it is when you look at yourself from when you were in ninth grade versus what you are today. You think, God, look how much I've grown and evolved. Every every bit of your life should feel the same way. You should look back and and five years from now and be like, man, like, like how was I even looking at the? I didn't even understand real estate when I was looking at it back then. Like that will be what it is. The same way with me. You're talking about somebody that you know had had co-founded and built you know 13 or 14 companies before i built the machine that is just a company that builds companies that i built 16 companies since uh, launching the machine in 2016 and i marvel marvel at how much i learned and understand today compared to 2016 like uh, mind blowing how much i've learned and evolved and and that that is really the key to being a great founder, great business operator, and ultimately living a great life is just constantly learning, evolving, and getting better and better and getting a wider depth of field and your personal mastery is where you really find great success. Okay. Yeah. Um, so on to my second question, and this is, you know, the life question. And I guess after everything you've done, like I said, got attacked by a tiger, sharks and everything. It is what keeps you going after building such a large legacy. Don't you want to, you know, sit back in in California and just play it cool? You know, I got to take it from the 20 year old uh, perspective too. You know what I mean? When I, when I think about how I looked at like what I was looking to achieve when I was 20 years old, you know, it's, it's hard to be able to begin to see life um, from one to two years out to three years to five years to 15 to eventually, for me, I finally saw this like entire life and legacy that I wanted to create. And I want to go and live it and evolve it and grow it and constantly get better and better and better. You know, despite all of the things um, that I've achieved, you know, it, it was still like my greatest achievement is the balanced, happy, extraordinary life that I live today. And part of living an extraordinary life is sort of growing in all aspects of your life harmoniously towards these goals that is your ideal life, you know? And so for me, that's, you know, how I track and manage my balanced time, how I track my qualitative 
uh, data, how I feel every day and my quantitative data. Do I do all the health things that amplify my qualitative data? I love like having proof that I'm, I'm living a happier balanced life. Uh, and it allows me to be a better father, better husband, better boss, better partner, all these different things, because no matter what you want to grow into living a high energy exciting, fun, fulfilled, passionate life that you love to live, right? Like your goal, despite having the business goals will always be, how do I live an extraordinary life, right? And, and to me, once you begin to, to, to design that and start to live it, you just, you, and as you get further into it, you see more and more you want to do and how you would do it. And it just gets you that much more excited to continue to evolve it and grow it and build it. And and to me, the legacy will ultimately be, you know, determined at the end of the run where right now I feel like I, you know, I'm, you know, barely in the middle at this point, you know, it's getting I mean? started. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess like, you know, just helping everybody with their businesses being, you know, a great family, man. That just, I guess that's what keeps you going. You always want to keep learning and, you know, always on to the next project. Yeah. And look, it, it is, it is progression towards goals that excite me is mm-hmm. what I live for. And I have them in every aspect of my life. Right. And, and to me, that energy of, of making progress towards a goal and getting clearer and clearer and then eventually achieving it, it's addicting. Yeah. Because if you can begin to master identifying exactly what you want, then creating a plan to get there and then actually doing it over and over again, you now have developed the skill to control your own reality. You control your destiny, your future, and your fate when you can master how to identify what you want build a plan and then do it over and over and get better and better at it at time. That really is where pure energy and life comes from. And from someone that just does it over and over, you know, I get up every day excited about all the goals I have and am energized by the progression towards them actually happening, you know? So fall in love with getting really good at setting a goal tracking how to get there and then actually doing it is, is really what I'd consider one of the keys to happiness, you know? Awesome. Like I said, man, before I really appreciate it, I appreciate you having me on. I'm sure you get, you know, probably hundreds a week, maybe a couple hundred a day. But like I said, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck to you, my friend. Hi guys. My name is Parker Alexander. I'm 36 years old from South Lake Tahoe, California. I'm born and raised in South Lake Tahoe, and this is the best place to ever grow up. It was my childhood. I have been an entrepreneur my whole life. I learned how to crochet when I was 14. I made a couple hundred beanies, sold them for 25 bucks in high school. That was my first source of income. So here we are. We are in my hat shop, as you can see. This is in one little room of our house. We own and operate a business called Tahoe Heartbeat. We are a brand built on passion and love for Lake Tahoe. That's what our logo represents. The outline of Lake Tahoe with the EKG on either side, asking the question, what makes your heartbeat? Tahoe makes our heartbeat. So now we're spreading the Tahoe love one heartbeat at a time. And it doesn't stop there. So now we're transitioning into the heartbeat brand because you can put anything where the lake is here and ask somebody what makes your heartbeat. 
I need a team. I want the team. I want your team. I know what you can do. It literally gets me so excited. I believe in you. I believe in us. And we could absolutely blow this thing out of the water. Let's, we could be a $100 million company in the next couple of years. We could be a billion dollar company in the next five to 10 years. There's no doubt in my mind. We could be in every state, in every airport, in every shop, in every big box, in every Dick's, in every big five, in every store ever. And then someone's gonna call and say, hey, we'll buy it. And then we'll have to make that decision when the time comes. Because the biggest brand in the world may have just been born, biggest hat company in the world anyways. And I'd love to do it with you. Let's go. Rob Dyrdek, you're the man. Let's party. Woo! Parker Alexander, welcome to Build with Rob. What's happening? How you doing, man? Good. Hanging out down here in Mammoth. So tell me, tell me, you know, for those listening, give give them sort of an overview of your business and and the concept that that you pitched us down here at the Deer Dick Machine. So we're building the brand based off passion and love for all things, and that's what our logos represent. I'm born and raised in Lake Tahoe, so that's where it started using the outline of Lake Tahoe with a custom EKG, asking the question, "What makes your heart beat?" And so now that's what our logos represent. And so now we're spreading the love one heartbeat at a time. And just making cool designs, cool hats, mostly a hat company. And then just kind of anywhere, anything you love, care about. You know, if you love baseball, basketball, football, your state, you know, mountain climbing, skiing, whatever. We've got a logo for it. And then so now you get to wear something that has a reflection of something that you love and care about. Okay, look. Super interesting in concept. Okay. And to me... I think if I wouldn't have got the context of it selling locally in Tahoe, yeah, how I would have looked at it would have been a lot different, right? Okay. So I would like to like do some math with you today, right? Because mm-hmm. I think what you've created is actually quite fascinating. And it when I began to understand what was happening and why it was working, it became really clear to me on how I think you should approach building the business, right? Okay. So I would like to share this with you, but I'd like to, I'd like to just start uh, with the numbers, man. Just some, just some good old fashioned math, right? So uh, let let's start first with Tahoe, right? So how many retail doors were you are you currently in in just Tahoe? So in Tahoe, we're in about fifty stores just in Tahoe, but that's including. Like our big kickoff was we got into the grocery stores. Yep. So we're not competing against any products. So we're. So how many grocery stores is it? In Tahoe, we're in 11, gro- in all 11 grocery stores. Okay. So of the business that you do, of the number of hats that you sell, how many do those 11 stores account for? So the, our grocery stores are about 70% of our sales. Okay. And how many units of that 70% does that make up in, in units? So right now we're doing about 30,000 hats a year. And so that's, you know, 23,000. Right. So, okay. Even more mind blowing, even more mind blowing. Cause look, I'm going to, I'm going to go with you. I want you to go with me on this journey. Um, I'd like to, to begin to talk about your life a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. What would be sort of the ideal uh, existence for you from a financial perspective for you to live the most amazing extraordinary life would it be to earn a million dollars a year would it be to earn five hundred thousand a year like what would an annual revenue be for you that would just be the dream come true 
I mean, I'm pretty ambitious. So like I have every intention of going for becoming one of the biggest tech companies in the world. And I've always, I mean, millions would be cool. We're super comfortable right now. Life's super good. But I, I mean, I'd want, I'd love to have hundreds of millions, Yeah. but mainly for a purpose too. Like I'm, I'm a doer Yeah. and there's a lot of things that I see could get done in the world, you know, that some stuff isn't being done that I'd love to be able to have the financial backing myself to be able to go and make a difference. All right. Well, look, I, I think that is, you know, most of the time that is the, you know, the vision for most entrepreneurs, how do I make a lot of money and do good with it? Right. And to me, um, I would like this to start first with comfortable lifestyle milestone. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and rather than how do I build the biggest hat company in the world today? How do I build a deeply sustainable business that I can then take risks from and expand into other places without compromising my lifestyle or my core business, right? Okay. And I would just like to share with now, you don't need to take any of this advice now, okay? <laughs> I I am just taken aback because I think you actually have a very clear opportunity that you could capitalize on mm -hmm. to build the foundation of your business that also would be highly profitable, sustainable, and give you that foundation to take risks of venturing into becoming the biggest hat company in the world. And, and let me tell you what I think you, you actually accomplished that, that, that you may, from my perspective, you may be missing, right? So let's start with the heartbeat. Uh, my heart beats for Tahoe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like in here, here, when I go into a grocery store, uh, I walk by and I see like, you know, heartbeats for Tahoe. And it's like, and you're like, I love Tahoe. Mm -hmm. I love this place. Right. So I'm a local. I'm like, my heart beats for this place. I love this place. Right. You see the lake, you know what it is, right. You've grown up here. You love it. Now you're a tourist and you're getting like your groceries for the weekend. And you see it. You're like, ah, we come here three times a year. My heart beats for Tahoe. Right. And okay. so what, what happened here? is you have two customers, both locals and people that would visit in a place that has tourism, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so specific because now it connects not like like with the local audience and someone that would be there. And and then it's the outline and then it's the concept of of making it feel my heart beats for Tahoe. Now, inside these 11 doors, you sell 23,000 units, right? I'm just going to like, what's the retail price on the unit? 34.99. And what do you sell it to them for? 17.50. So at 17.50, we're talking about, um, you know, 36, $37,000 in revenue um, for those uh, or I'm sorry, $360,000 in revenue yeah. for just that. Right. Yeah. So, so now we got 360,000 in revenue. What's the cost to produce each one of those? I mean, depends on how much bulk, but right now we're shipping and everything. They're like six to seven bucks. Right. So six to seven bucks. So we're ending up with, with an, a net margin here of around $200,000. Okay. Yeah. Between 11 doors and one city. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it like, so now it's like, man, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to expand this into baseball. I'm going to expand this into tennis, into California, into Idaho. Right, like you're yeah. going, you're going deep. And, and sorry about that accent. I was just getting, I just, <laughs> I was just like getting oh, into okay. like, I was, I was, I was really becoming like the, like the Midwest version of you. Uh, <laughs> but, but here's what, what the business is. It's not. I don't think it's like going into sports. My heart beats for basketball, and it's a Lakers uh, color with a basketball. Maybe, mm-hmm. right? Maybe in the future, maybe you do do licensing, and my heart beats for the Lakers, and you got a Lakers logo. Maybe, but when you think about that model, where you sell that product becomes much more difficult. You know what I mean? When you're asking like, Hey, what's, what's the relationship to get into to retailers and how do I get into like big five and, and like lids and all these other places that would sell mm-hmm. this hat, like sporting goods stores and all this other stuff, like complex, complex, right? right? Versus, yeah. you know, how to get into grocery stores. And you have an exact example of how much extra revenue your shelf space is adding to that grocery store's revenue each month. You can, you can go to each one of those stores and say, this adds an additional $10,000 of revenue per, per month in your store. Right. And, and those stores are built off of footprints, right. And dollars per per square foot. So to me, you don't go to Idaho and and hey, my heart beats for Idaho. You go to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, mm-hmm. and my heart beats for Coeur d'Alene, right? Coeur d'Alene, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it is just... I've heard it's amazing. It's the most incredible, magical place in the world. And if mm-hmm. I was in the grocery store there, I'd be like, man, my heart beats for this place. I love this place, right? And yeah. locals are like, the reason we have like our second home here is because we love it. And then when you see the heartbeat and the outline of Coeur d'Alene, it's like you, you're you rep. Coeur d'Alene, not the state of Idaho. You know what I mean? So, so, so just follow me here, right? Like if you have 10 of those, Mm -hmm. you net $2 million a year in profit and have this extraordinary, amazing life. And you don't have to like build a giant team and work all like extra hard to like figure out like, how do I scale into retail? And what is all these things like, you know, I'm going to go to Coeur d'Alene, say, this is what I did with Tahoe. This is what I propose. Can we test it in your grocery stores? If so, open it up to all 11, all 12. You just go, you identify like locations like that, that have both tourists and locals that are super passionate about the community and the actual location. And then you build them custom through grocery retail. Because like now you have this model, you fully understand, you know how the grocery stores work, you know, maybe you need to hire like, uh, you know, somebody part time to make sure to go in and that the the shelf is always stocked and looking nice. Yeah, we have that now, actually, because that's we're selling in the Albertsons in Boise. Yeah. And they're with the Idaho outline and they're doing well. I mean, people do love their state, but we have, we're definitely beating around the idea of cities because people love their locations. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like in, in, they love their regions. And to me, Mm -hmm. like, I think you're what, what the magic that you created, because listen to me now, business is art, science, and magic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you, you gotta have a creative idea there's the fundamentals of business, then you've got to like find some sort of lightning in the bottle. And in my mind, the creative side was you were like, you know, 
I have this concept, this creative concept of, I love this place so much, my heart beats for it. How cool would it be if I did the outline of the lake and put the EKG around it? That's the creative side. Yeah. Then then yeah. the science side is is still, you got you to gotta make a product, you got to have a margin in it, and you got to find a place to sell it, right? And when you finally found the perfect retailer that is a grocery store, for this mm-hmm. type of product that is a hybrid, like, like tourist and local novelty item, like you, mm-hmm. you, yeah. that's where the magic occurred. Right. And, and that's okay. actually the combination of all three that if you scale, you would have an easy to build sustainable business. And I'm glad that you're in an Albertsons in Idaho with just the state to see how it doesn't hit as hard. Because we're it's totally. yeah, and I'm glad that that you had that market, and we already are. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that with Florida as well. We're seeing the states are definitely more of a challenge to establish. And versus look, and look, and thank God, places. thank you, Lord, for providing the market feedback for this young man, because I, because I also believe you will run into the same chaos with the sports stuff. Okay. And like, if you like focus on these regions that are similar to, to Tahoe and Coeur d'Alene and different sort of things, man, totally. We're thinking Yosemite and there's everywhere. That's it. That's it. And how yeah. do you go and just get, and it's grocery stores, a region, uh, that people are passionate about that is local and tourist and and grocery stores and get 10, 20, 30, because you can look at each one and be like, man, every single one of those is worth 200,000 in profit to me. How do yes. I go and get 10, 20, 30, 40, right? Like, and then if, if God forbid you had 50, 60 of those, right? Like now you're netting millions and millions of dollars that you could do anything you want with. And you could then choose to, to take on the more difficult path of making a, the biggest hat company in the world. If the vision is that, but boy, I'll tell you what, you have something that has scalability and clarity and some of Mm -hmm. the hardest things to figure out, right? Because Mm -hmm. your, your consumer is, you know, I would, I would guess your consumer is probably like guys and, and, you know, in the 35 to like 65 range, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that are that like, oh, this is great. You know what I mean? Like I, I I represent this, you know, so I, I don't. And then they all shop at the grocery store, you know? So I just, I was just, if, if I didn't get that information from you of sort of uh, what you sold, where you sold it, how much you sold, Mm -hmm. how much it was worth to you. and, And then saw the clarity in my mind instantly was like, man, you connected with the soul of those that visit and those that live there and, and made it for them. Yes. And, and if you just stick to that, you can create this, you can literally scale that everywhere mm-hmm. and, and have a super profitable, successful business that's easy to run, that you understand how to do it. You and your wife could literally just hire like two people and manage yeah. that entire thing. And all that yeah. money is for you guys to buy your boat, your jet skis. Like what are, what are all the things that, yeah. that you would buy if you had money? your, your house on Lake Tahoe? You know what you I mean? You know what I mean? Listen Absolutely. to me. You scale into 10 of those and then you buy your house on the lake and I'm coming up there and riding your jet skis. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm dead Amen. serious. You know what I mean? Amen, uh, so man. I wanted to share that with you. You know what I mean? Because I, I, so I look at business as this, it's this puzzle and I'm trying to, mm-hmm. to find harmony in it. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, when, when you start something and it's starting to work and you don't, you don't look at business as deep or as often as I do, you, you're mm-hmm. not totally, you, you, your vision is like, man, they really connected with the heartbeat, putting soul into these things, as opposed yeah. to like, man, it's this actual distribution consumer and, and singular focused concept is where the magic is. Right. So, um, wanted to share that with you. I can't wait for you to do that and, and have this giant profitable business, that that I'm jealous of, but look, hit me with uh, hit me with your questions, man. I'd love to to hear those, and we can skip um, yeah, the retail I mean, one. Answer, hey, we can skip that retail you, one because you, you get out of that one, right? Because I mean, look, you want to know what that route is? Exactly. Here's that route. You got to go source like somebody that has a relationship with the buyers who works either for an agency or is yeah. an independent. Now you got to ask them to to take your hats in along with it. Now you got to pay them. 15, 20, 25% of whatever they do for life in that distribution channel, right? Like, and then, then you don't have sell through. Now you got to do this big minimum order and then the sell through doesn't happen. Then they send it back to you. All these things that like, why, why even go through the hassle when you already cracked the model? You know what I mean? So you got one more question for me. Yes, I do. Um, just life question. What, uh, life routines do you use to just stay focused and motivated? I mean, now it's, money comes in more it's easier to play and vacation and do all the things i have to i keep telling myself to stay uh hunkered down and get it done yeah i I tell you what like i'm you know i've never been motivated by the fruits of my labor right and Mm -hmm. and to me it's like I, i don't look at my life as work and life uh work and fun work and family, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I love what I do. I only mm-hmm. do the parts that I love the most. Mm-hmm. I have a balanced designed life. You know, I track every single day what I do every hour and I tag it with a tag. And there's a script in my calendar that it pumps into a dashboard so I can see exactly where I spend my time um, every single day. And it's broken into categories mm-hmm. of family and life so friends adventure kids wife and then work which is shooting television uh and deer deck machine basically and then health and then sleep and i spend 30 percent of my life sleeping 30 percent of my life working and 30 percent of my time with my friends and family and 10 percent on my health yeah and i just I never compromise that 30% with my family or sleep. And I only, I build my work life inside that 30%. So for me, I mastered my capacity. And so I now, I know what I can get done inside that 30%. And so I have choices. I either drive to automation and make it effortless and it's automatic, or I hire somebody to do it. Right. And so I'm have this fully optimized, you know, efficiently ran life machine that allows me to live fully balanced and super fulfilled. And then my energy and motivation comes from growing into goals that I have for my health, for my work, 
for my family, for my wife, for my adventures, for my finances. I have all of these goals that I grow into and every day as I evolve towards them, that's what gives me the energy. But since I live so balanced, there's no aspect of my life that doesn't feel like fun. And to me, that's why instead of you saying, hey, I want hundreds of millions or I want this, I love you saying, hey, what would be ideal for my lifestyle and family is I mm-hmm. I would like to work three hours a day, four days a week and mm-hmm. and have 20, loca- 20 cities with 10 locations each that netted mm-hmm. me $4 million a year that I lived off of. Like, I like you doing that because then, because even for me, right, I work right now 30%. To give you an idea how optimized I am, I shoot 250 episodes of television a year. It's only 4% of my total time, right? So that's how much I've automated it and optimized it. And I know that I eventually only want to work 15% of my time. So when I plan out years in the in the future, I know that I'm going to stop adding new things on and automating those that I'm eventually just going to have everything so automated that now I can spend more time with my friends, family, wife, kids, and having fun in the adventure, but still getting the thrill of watching what I've created operate. But I intentionally like slowed down how much time I put into it. And and I would just think, like, you've got an opportunity to literally create your destiny mm-hmm. and, and live any life that you want. It's sitting there right in front of you. So you should design it the way that you want and, and don't drive it into these things that you don't fully understand that take up all this mental energy that pull from your capacity and stress you out and, and then make you go through highs and lows. Like, mm-hmm. build that balance. Let this business like drive into that balance and build that foundation. Then you got all this extra time and energy and you got all that security and and sustainability, then take some shots that take more energy from that great base that you can build now. And I know you can do it. And I look forward to you giving me updates every six months. All right. No, absolutely. It it was great to connect, man. I really hope, I really hope you you take my words and go for it. I'm absolutely going to. Thank All right. You so much. All right. I wish you the best, man. Be good. All right. There you have it. Man, we're knocking them out down here at Build with Rob. You know, I, I just, I marvel. I marvel every time I, I, I do these shows because I absolutely love it. I love getting into the energy with an entrepreneur and like shaping everything. Like, oh, this is what it is. And I always leave like, man, like, like they can really do this. This is going to be amazing, you know? And I love it. I absolutely love it. So look. Um, you want to jump on with me uh, get my thoughts on your company your idea you know head over to deerdeckmachine.com and and, and jump on and pitch us an idea Uh, you know you want to be a part of creating these companies with us go to deerdeckmachine.com become a machinist join us on this journey be a part of our feedback loop help us make better companies Um, of course as always you know hit us hit us with that, that that like button wherever you're Uh, listening to the podcast subscribe to the youtube do whatever you can to live in the energy and the knowledge that we're spewing down here at the deer deck machine and look i I don't know what to tell you you know if, if you don't got a vision if you can't see it 
uh, you know, it, it, it's just never going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you don't actually even think it's going to, guess what? It ain't never going to happen. If you don't got the work ethic, the wherewithal, the grit, the determination, the fortitude, the ambition, probably not going to happen. But if you want to make it happen, have all those and push it to the edge. Till next time, see it, believe it, do it.